Hello and welcome to this episode of the You, Me and ADHD podcast. Um, today we have Brett Harrington, an Auckland-based coach who specialises in ADHD. And uh, she's a counsellor as well and runs her own practice called ADHD Sorted. Uh, we have a fantastic uh, conversation. We've just wrapped up our chat and we've talked um, about a myriad of things uh, around uh, adults with ADHD, kids with ADHD. We'll refer to the difference or not between ADD and ADHD. Um, we talked to, to the or about the importance of self-acceptance and self-knowledge uh, when we have ADHD. And how uh, Brett's take is that ADHD doesn't have to be a big deal, uh, which is a, a great approach. Uh, she talks about it being this tiny bit of who we are. Um, however, it's such an intense little bit. Uh, and it's that intensity that can have uh, both positive and negative uh, impacts. We talk about whether ADHD is a disability or not as well. And um, towards the end, we also get into uh, what workplaces need to do in order to accommodate uh, ADHD. But this one's focused uh, purely and mainly on uh, the adult with ADHD and how we flip our mindset from um, it being an inconvenience or a struggle or a deficit to how can I harness um, what comes naturally, which is indeed the whole point of this podcast. So enjoy this episode. You know, you might be able to shoot lasers out of your eyes, but unless you learn to control that, it's just obnoxious. Well, welcome everyone to this episode of You, Me and ADHD. Uh, as you know, we are an unashamedly positive take on uh, what it means to uh, live, work and thrive as an ADHD positive person, uh, especially an um, ADHD uh, positive professional. Uh, we talk about kids and adults and parents and all sorts of things going on there, but we are focused mainly on what's it like to work with ADHD and to hack your ADHD so that it's not necessarily the disorder that the name or the label suggests, but it's something that uh, adds to how you experience the world and have fun with it. And today, I think we're going to have a whole lot of fun. We have Brett Harrington all the way from uh, Auckland, and uh, as you know, I'm in Dunedin, so we're sort of bookending the country at the moment. Uh, Brett is an ADHD specialist coach. She is a counsellor, and she works, um, as I believe, for yourself, Brett, as well as with a bunch of other uh, partnership organisations. Um, you run ADHD Sorted, uh, and we'll get into that. And what I love... Um, about your profile is as I was stalking you online uh, in the lead up to this chat, Brett, we um, we were looking through uh, various profiles of you and there was this common theme that kept coming up in a, in a line that said that when we try to function in a way that we've been told that we should, in inverted commas, we often meet uh, or we often meet with frustration and failure and it's better to work in harmony with our true nature and our talents and that's exactly uh, what uh, my philosophy is around ADHD and has been over the last couple of years and so I'm really looking forward to having a chat with you. So without further ado and rantings and rumblings on my part, uh, welcome along Brett Harrington. Good morning. Good morning. Good How morning. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here and I really like your introduction. Oh, very good. Well, I just keep keep on talking so it's a matter of you just cutting in, I think. Um, so let's see how, how this one goes. Brett, where are you from originally with that accent? 
That's um, a tricky question to ask um, or to answer, I should say. The short answer is I'm from the U.S., um, but it's yeah, I'm yeah. <laughs> Shall we leave I it there? Was, I, I was actually born in Washington D.C., which isn't even a state. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we okay. can't say I'm from a state. But I really, uh, my origins are all up and down the eastern seaboard. But mm-hmm. I was actually raised in the Caribbean. Oh wow! In the Virgin Islands. Yeah. And how long so, have you been in New Zealand? For fifteen years. Okay. Yeah. Um, so and and know, this is home. Oh yeah. yeah, it's home now. Very good. It's home now. I'm a Kiwi now. Good for you. Um, it's it's. I just wanted to clarify something. It, it, it's uh, is that you introduced me as an ADHD management specialist coach. And I call myself a coach because um, that's kind of what people expect um, to look for when they want help for mm-hmm. ADD. And and I I started out with um, taking uh, my training from the um, ADHD Coach Academy back in the U.S. actually, which was kind of ironic, but um, and not far from where I used to live. But um, I'm actually more of a therapist. Okay. And, and there's and there's a reason for that. Um, I felt like that approach better met my clients' needs. Mm. Yeah, and of course, all those things all rolled into one. Absolutely, and I, um, I love how you've made that distinction and and the correction there. And you, you did right that people think I need a coach, uh, and your approach is more around therapy, so it's a bit more holistic. I mean, yes. I imagine, yeah, yes, I yeah, think okay, so, yes. Right. So what does that distinction mean um, for you then and, and how you operate? Um, well, I think that points to how I look at what I do when I'm working with ADD. So um, so when an individual comes to me, um, it's a very good chance that um, they've already had quite a bit of therapy, maybe some counseling. They may have gone to a psychologist, psychiatrist. They may have been treated for anxiety or depression or even ADD, have maybe even have been taking medication, but they've kind of tried everything and things still really aren't quite ticking over mm-hmm. as they'd like. So when an individual like that comes to me, I, th- I think of myself as working at three different things. There's a difference, a disability, and what can happen when you have difference in disability, which can lead to like psychological problems. Mm-hmm. And I kind of think of myself as working on all three levels at once because they're all interconnected. And if you can make some progress in one area, you make progress in the other areas. So the the difference really um, can tend to um, affect self-esteem. The disability, I think that is the easy part. Mm -hmm. You know, once we recognize what the problem is, it's like, oh, problem solved. Okay, Uh, we can get past that. And then when you take care, when you sort of, you know, work with the disability and the, and the um, difference, a lot of the psychological kind of takes care of itself. Yeah. Can you talk a wee bit more about the term uh, disability? Because I, yeah. I, have a, um, I have this almost visceral reaction uh, and yeah. to, to this being referred to as a disability. Now, I, yeah. I get that. Um, there is there are certainly some uh, disabling characteristics. Um, sure. However, I I really struggle with it being labelled as a disability. Is that do you get that a bit? Yeah, of course, of course. So um, so the thing is that 
Um, first of all, I just want to say that um, ADHD is incredibly treatable. So, you know, I, I, I sometimes will say to my clients, hey, if you're going to have something in the DSM-5, you know, the, the diagnostic statistical manual, this is the one to have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because it's incredibly treatable and congratulations, you actually have a superpower. Mm. Okay. So, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll kind of, you know, I like, I like to make my sessions as fun as possible. And yeah. so I tell stories and, and, and try to make, you know, have a good time. And I'll, uh, sometimes I'll tell my clients, hey, look, you know, you might be able to shoot lasers out of your eyes, but unless you learn to control that, it's just obnoxious. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. So um, a lot of times what I see is um, people who have tried really hard, number one, to operate the way they thought they should. And the me in the meantime, their you know, superpowers are running amok. Okay. Mm, mm. <laughs> All right. And um, in, at the end of the day, what it means is that they're having difficulty making their intentions match their outcomes. Yeah, that's okay? a great line. Yeah. And in the middle there is a disability and an, 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 a, a struggle to make your intentions match your outcomes. Mm -hmm. Another metaphor, I use heaps of metaphors. Another metaphor I like is suppose you came into the world, oh, I don't know, missing a few digits on your right hand, okay? But it's invisible. Nobody can tell. You think you've got five. Everyone thinks you've got five digits on your right hand. And so every time you go to pick something up and half the time it ends up on the floor, but nobody knows why and you feel bad and you get blamed, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. But as soon as somebody says, hey, buddy, You've only got three digits on that hand, so you're going to have to adjust the way you pick things up. Okay? Mm -hmm. Easy peasy. Just from now on, do it this way, not that way. And you're away. Yeah. That's it. Problem yeah. solved. But until you know and realize and accept, oh, I see what's happening there. Okay. You're going to keep dropping things on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And, and it's that... And I think that's what uh, an assessment and um, confirmation or a diagnosis um, of ADHD is so useful because there's this hunch or there's a suspicion or there's this feeling that um, that something uh, there's some, a whole lot of things that are tricky that you notice other people don't find tricky or uh, there's the, the there's an awareness of what's going on but you can't quite put your your finger on it and That's right. that in itself can mm -hmm. be um, quite meaningless or it could be incredibly debilitating in terms of your self-esteem and your mental health etc and a whole lot of um, whole lot of other things and so getting um, some sort of confirmation or not that it could be something else right um, yeah I find it as very very useful um, you don't do any of the diagnosing but you help with afterwards or if if why do people come to you, in particular adults? Yeah, so no, I don't assess. And just a quick note, I like how you have um, said that for some people um, it's an issue and some people it's simply not. Mm. And yeah, there's a lot of people out there with probably with ADD and it's just not a problem. And, and, and yay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? And, um, <laughs> And like I said earlier, people come to me because it's not working out. They're still not managing to make right. their intentions match their outcomes. Mm -hmm. I remember once um, talking to a woman, um, a very um, successful, uh, um, a businesswoman, and uh, she was an author and a speaker and all this stuff. 
And she's like, I, I want to book in and um, I'll have you talk to my personal assistant. And, you know, we'd had a nice chat. And so I felt comfortable to say, personal assistant, what do you need me for? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, you know, I'm tired of it. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of not being able to keep certain things together. Mm-hmm. And um, um, so we met and, and, you know, she was a very, very quick. It didn't take long. She cottoned on really quickly. Right. Because, as I said, this is incredibly treatable. There's just a few key strategies, skills, pers- you know, ways of looking at things. And once we do a little tweaking here mm-hmm. and there, most everybody is, boom, they're away. Mm. So do most people come to you uh, where in a, in a state of something's not quite right? Or are people in a state of crisis? Um, they're at the end of their tether, or or is it a, a whole spectrum? Well, yeah, it, it kind of runs between not quite right and, and I'm tired of it. Yeah. And oh, I'm about to lose my job, or I'm about to like um, you know fail out of uni. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so yeah, people tend to get in touch with me when they're kind of up against the wall, mm. and that's right when we usually do those things when we've tried everything yeah and they're like right this still isn't working what else can i do mm-hmm. and yeah. as is your your take um is your your take on this that it can be turned into a strength as opposed to trying to mitigate what's going uh what's not working for you tell you what i think again an analogy if i could mm. this might help you understand when people come to me i think of what i do again as i said before as i'm helping them make their intentions match their outcomes mm-hmm. i don't really care if you have a diagnosis i don't really care you know just if, if this isn't working out let's i think i could help you with that so what i think of what i do um is creating is help is with them because they are, they have to become an expert on how they function. Yeah. And a lot of us haven't really um, understood or taken the time to really notice mm-hmm. how do I function. Okay. So together, um, we're building like a bespoke engine that's going to help them go. So um, I think of it this way. Neurotypical people are like automatic vehicles, right? There's very, as little, as young cars, they were taught to get in and, and put the key in the ignition and, and step on the gas and away they went, mm-hmm. you know? Us not neurotypical people were like unique standard shifts. So when we get that information, you know, ignition, gas, what happens? We stall, we lurch, we we judder, we nothing goes. You know, we don't really know why. Or sometimes we go like crazy, we run off the road. Mm. We don't really know how to drive this unique standard shift. Okay. So my clients and I together we figure out how to drive their unique standard shift. And I don't know. I I can't look under the hood, mm. but I can kind of tell you, look, you know what? You probably have a clutch and you definitely have gears. And there's going to be some feathering going on here. And you're going to have to pay attention. You know, when do you slow down? When do you speed up? When do you drop into first, go into second? Okay. They have to figure out how to drive their car. Mm. And together we build that understanding, that engine. But what are the pieces we need to drop in here? And yeah. then they're away. They're away with all the automatics. Uh-huh. 
and some and they're a little more interesting too yeah <laughs> absolutely but they're never I mean, they're never going to be automatics they're mm-hmm. always going to have to anticipate and then if they take their eyes off what they're doing or lose focus they're going to grind their gears. I, I, I think that's um, a fantastic analogy because, and especially where you say you're never going to be an automatic, um, there's the acceptance of that where people struggle and strive to be like others when they never never can, but that doesn't mean um, they will never be as good or be able to operate um, more seamlessly or even better. Um, not that it's a competition, but um, and I, I love how you mentioned that we need to notice more about ourselves because what what we have an ability to do is notice so much all the time, yet we don't necessarily take the time to notice and focus inward on um, how we operate and what we can change, and that's mm-hmm. where we we um, I think that's where we get quite stuck in in that as we op- we're observing everything that's going on and there's a bit of a comparison going on but not necessarily taking that time to focus inward on okay what can i master what can i change what can i tweak yeah exactly and we don't all uh, always understand that we have permission Mm. we have permission to go okay you know this is tricky um and how am i going to make this easier and simpler for me yeah can I pick up on one distinction uh, that you've made all the way through this chat so far, Brett, is you often refer to ADD and ADHD. Mm-hmm. Um, the, what, what's your take on um, the difference, if there is one, um, in your mind? And, and, and also, uh, before I forget, I really do want to get into your journey as well and your, your background oh. um, because I cut you off as well. So could we start with the <laughs> distinction and then we go, go back a wee bit? So don't worry about cutting me off. I'm I'm an avid interrupter, so I I'm in no position to judge. Awesome. Um, um, so um, the the our, our thoughts and ideas about um, or our understanding about ADHD is is constantly evolving. So I I try to keep up with all the latest, um, and um, I will often listen to webinars from from the big brains, you know, mainly in the U.S about what are the current thinking about AED. And to the best of my understanding, our current thinking about ADHD is there is no distinction, Hmm. really, between ADD and ADHD. So some individuals, especially at a young age, will display the hyperactivity. And um, some people, like your your, uh, first guest. uh, uh, um, Peter Shankman? Yes. Uh I mean, obviously, you know, he's going like 120 kph. That's his. That's his operating speed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, others of us, also with ADD, may seem to be going uh, 45. Okay. Um, but the hyperactivity tends to shift from something outward and identifiable uh-huh. to something inward. Yeah. And it's you're still going too fast. You're still you still have the Im- impulsivity. You still have the um, tendency to to rock it off one way or another, without with, pausing to go through all the gates. Yeah. You know, all the cognitive gates. Mm-hmm. You know. So there's your interrupting and so forth and so on. But there's still that hyperactivity. So um, my understanding is it's interchangeable doesn't really matter i tend to say whatever sort of fits into the sentence best yeah nice (laughs) that's good i think that's the way to do it rather than get hung up on um do we use the h or not um Mm. it's 
like it's horses for courses and whatever works and uh people know what you're it's it's like with dyslexia when some when i have dyslexia if i misspell some something but somebody can still read it or get what i know uh sorry what i what i meant then does it matter i argue it doesn't yeah Yeah, i've been writing um, a blog um um for um adhd new zealand and um um, I'm almost through, and I said to someone, I- I'll need to run it by somebody for grammar and syntax, mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, I'm, I'm one of the people who have plenty to say, but don't necessarily fully understand how to write it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I get um, that. So yeah, I just run it by somebody else. Does this hold together? Does this entirely make sense? And um, yeah, and spelling, of course. Yeah, it's dyslexic as well, and probably, you know, dyscalculia and a mm-hmm. basket of stuff. Yeah, the works. That's right. It's a beautiful melting pot of... And I think yeah. that's what makes um, makes neurodiversity so diverse and uh, individual, is the, the combination of what we have going on um, brings a uniqueness to to everyone's personalities um, and, and our experience of the world as well like the intricate combinations uh, of what's going on makes uh, everybody incredibly fascinating um, and you referred to ADHD NZ who you're writing the blog for you have uh, you have an association with them and um, yeah. how did that come about that's my segue into what's your journey with ADHD <laughs> okay <clears throat> so um, yeah um, we're, we're, I guess I'll start with um, it's funny my my journey with ADHD started when I was seven, uh-huh. and um, my parents came home from school, and I got a, a good telling off. Apparently, right. Um, um, I was told that um, I wasn't concentrating. I was told that I needed to do better, and I wasn't doing well enough, and so forth and so on. Well, I considered myself to be. <clears throat> A, a good child. Uh-huh. So I marched myself onto into my room and I had a good think. And I came back and I said to one of my parents, I know what the problem is. I can't concentrate. Mm. And then what happened next is very, very common for many of us. A parent turned around and looked at me and said, then try harder. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right not helpful okay and because and so what happens is for many of us growing up we are trying awfully hard but the problem is we don't even know what trying hard means mm. we can't tell the difference between when we're trying hard and when we're not because we're always trying hard yeah. and it's not working out so um oh i failed out of that year and i failed out of that year and then i did really great and then i did really you know, you know, real classic ADHD kind of mixture of success and failure, and mm. you're really bright, and why can't you do better, and blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. But I managed to get into university, and I finished university, and um, um, so, yeah, marriage and children, and here I am. I, I ended up homeschooling my kids um, because um, I just didn't feel like the school was going to work out for them and um so here i am i'm i'm at an age where the kids really don't need me hovering around anymore they've right. decided to to you know finish school at at, 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 at college 
And um, I'm like, what do I do with myself? Well, I knew there's a lot of things I wasn't going to do because I was already aware of my ADD. And mm -hmm. I'll go back a little bit. So um, the book um, Driven to Distraction by Ned Hallowell. Uh -huh. And a friend of mine said, oh, you know, you should read this book. I think this is me and it might be you. And I read the book and it's like, oh, right. Because I've been telling people for years, there's something wrong here. There's something amiss. And so I booked in with a psychiatrist. This is locally in, in the US. And um, she was willing to concede that maybe I had this ADHD after I'd explained it. <laughs> but she still diagnosed me with depression and gave me some medication that was that was in, ridiculously unhelpful. Mm. Um, so when we, we shifted here to New Zealand, I was really ready to trial medication. Mm -hmm. So I got diagnosed a second time. And um, it was a super interesting experience. I didn't choose to stay on it. And then some years later, I decided to take um, a university course. And so I thought, well, let's try this again. You know, I'm going to go all academic here. Let's try this again. So I got diagnosed a third time. With, and, a with ADHD? Yeah. Yeah. And um, um, I didn't really think medication did all that much for me at that time either. So I was kind of, you know, here I am, I'm, I'm in my 50s, I'm casting around for what do I do? Hmm. You know, I'm not going to get into a job where I have to do admin. Nobody wants that. And um, especially me. And um, um, I decide, oh, okay, ADHD coach. All right. Sounds good. So I take the training and I start my little business, ADHD hmm. Sorted. And things start off rather slowly. I'm still casting around because it didn't quite meet all the needs of my clients mm -hmm. and, and me. There was something limited there. Won't go into the whole story, but at one point, I, I and this I think this is critically important to understand, and I think it's, it's a key thing that a lot of us um, with ADHD need to do. I was still trying so hard not to be ADD. Yeah, right. And it wasn't working. It was never going to work. Mm. And I was sort of running here and there. Well, what if I do this? And what do I do this? And I'm thinking, you know, well, how much does that cost? And how much time is it going to take? And will I be able to make a living at it? And all these questions. And then finally, I just said, stop. Just stop. Stop everything. <laughs> and I just spent as much time as I needed just being present with me. Mm. I was learning about myself. Mm. How do I function? And, and it finally hit me. It took a couple months, but it finally hit me. Oh, anything I do has to be creative. Yeah. So by the end of the week, I was enrolled at Whitecliffe doing um, a clinical arts therapy master's. What does that involve? And the rest is history. Yeah. Um, I took the first year was a, um, a PG dip and completed that mm -hmm. and then went on to the two year master's program. Um, so an arts therapist is, is a psychotherapist basically, but we're trained to use, um, these, um, sort of, um, visual hmm. means it's not just visual, but anything like, um, uh, oh, great. The word just went right out of my head. But um, it would be incredibly helpful for someone with ADHD, right? Being visual thinkers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It certainly can be. And I and also incredibly useful for working with children. Right. 
because children don't want to have, well, they can't really sit down and have a chat with you about what it's like for them in school. Mm. You know what I mean? It's not something they want to do. But there's all kinds of fun, creative things we can do. And together we sort of get to a point where we kind of have an understanding. So yeah, Masters in Creative Arts Therapy. Now I'm a therapist. Yay. Off I go. Mm -hmm. Off you go. <laughs> and how long, have you been, how long have you been doing this? I think about uh, seven years. Okay, yeah. The, yeah. The, given, like, you've got very interesting uh, uh, experience and in, in background in, um, I guess, the, the US experience, but also the New Zealand experience. And um, uh, yes, you've been here for 15 years. Um, mm -hmm. What do you see any? Um, are there any differences? Are there any parallels? Is there any better or worse um, uh, operating models or experiences for people with ADHD in the US versus um, New Zealand? Or are there anything? Are there aspects of the system in the US that we should adopt more of, or um, or, or just blatantly ignore as well because it's not helpful? What, what's your take on that? So my experience with it in the US was extremely limited. Like I said, I went to see a psychiatrist. I had to explain to her what ADHD is. So it, it's interesting to note how far we've come in such mm. a long time, in such a short time, I should say. Yeah. Um, so, um, I, you know, nobody doesn't know about ADHD now, um, interestingly. But, the, but how it's managed in the US, the thing is that the US is such a huge country uh, that it, um, I don't know. First mm. of all, I don't really know how it is in the U.S., mm -hmm. and it'll be vastly different, I'm sure, from I don't know, state to state, sure, country city. Mm. Uh, it's really a, it'll be a wide range, but there certainly is a lot of understanding. It's it's in the news all the time, and we have organizations in the U.S. like Chad, mm -hmm. and um, you know that, and, and also Attitude Magazine, yeah. and you know, all these things. And there's all the, the big um, ADHD coaching associations and things like that. So there's heaps going on, but again, huge country. Mm. How, how do you think we're doing here? Well, there is an incredible shortage of, of, of um, access mm. to um, diagnosis. And the um, route to getting medication, I think, is is too hard. Yeah, and and yeah. that's true in the U.S. as well. Um, there's the same um, sort of uh, strictures in in there too. Um, so yeah, it's not good enough. No, 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 it's no. Not good enough. Yeah, and it's um, and for change to happen. There's a whole lot of advocacy that needs to go on, and and, and probably a, a bunch of lobbying as well. But the, um, especially in the, the you know the state of um, of the world and uh, New Zealand with uh, COVID, uh, with a series of um, of events over the last decade, which have put a lot of pressure on our mental health system. There's uh, and and with a you know a a finite um, health fund, the opportunity for prioritizing ADHD over other things, which is, um, you know, 
troublesome in having to sort of triage and compare and go, well, actually, where's the best bang for our buck? Um, doesn't help. And uh, But there's definitely, as, as you alluded to right at the start, Brett, there's definitely a mental health um, association component uh, tail to ADHD, isn't there? Is a, When people feel like they're struggling, don't necessarily know why, uh, the impact on mental health is, is huge. So do you think that um, more accurate um, diagnosis would help with the mental health impacts? Um, or are we, and, and is it a case of managing uh, the symptoms rather than the cause? Or what, what's your take on, on those sorts of things, given you've got some people who are showing up to you who are really struggling versus others who are just saying, I've, I've just had, had enough of this, if I could just have some strategies around how to handle sure. this. Yeah. Sure. Hey, look, I mean, on like I said earlier, on one, on one hand, uh, for a lot of people with ADHD, it's a non-issue. Hmm. You know, okay, I'm a little messy. I'm not worried about it. Yeah. You know, I forget my keys from time to time. No problem. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other hand, um, it can definitely be a life ruiner, and it's not necessary. Yeah, it's incredibly treatable. Mm. Um, I find the experience I'm seeing um, with my clients is that they might get in with a psychologist, psychiatrist, um, and they may get uh, diagnosed and they may trial medication, um, but on the whole, these Clinicians don't really understand what to tell them mm. to do next. Right. They don't really understand. They can't. Some are more than others. Okay. Um, but a lot of times, these individuals don't really know, and a lot of them will say, you know, maybe go talk to a coach. So, which is, I think, kind of interesting because mm. it's like, I don't know. I feel like the, there's a whole. Um, process approach to this needs to be redefined. First of all, I think ADHD kind of doesn't really fit neatly into yep. a mental health category. Oh, totally. It can mm. become a mental health category, yeah. but I don't think it fits neatly in it. I agree. Um, mm-hmm. um, it's it's kind of in in its own, uh, sort of in, in a category of its own. Um, but I but what if you went to a doctor, right? And the doctor's like, you know, this is a limited metaphor, but you know, oh yeah, you definitely give you a test. Yep, definitely you have diabetes, okay? We're gonna give you some insulin. Um, good luck with that. Yeah. Check back in six weeks and tell us how it goes, you know? Uh-huh. Um, and I feel like that's ridiculous and that's kind of how ADHD is being approached. Yeah, and that's the reason why there's a need for your services because you, you fill that gap. You're the, okay, what next? Which is, which is the practical, uh, which is the, okay, we have this confirmation, this diagnosis, and maybe there's a prescription for some medication, but it's like, okay, well, what do I actually do? Because the pill doesn't solve everything. The pill gives mm-hmm. you an opportunity to then, um, I guess, as you say, go inward and notice. Yeah. Uh, and, and then do something about it. But the pill is a, um, it's, not, it's not the answer. It's not the solution uh, to your to your troubles it can be a minimizer of um of what's going on but it's not the solution right well as they say pills don't teach skills there you go nice <laughs> and then and for most of us um who've been you know been limited 
by ADHD in some way for many, many, many years since childhood, we haven't had a chance to develop those strategies. Now, let me hasten to add here, there are a lot of people out here who simply just take the pill and they're fine. Um, but obviously, like I said, they don't call me. <laughs> that, what, why would they? Uh -huh. People who are trialed medication and it's still, no, still not quite there yet. And I like how you say, what do I do next? Because I also think of what, uh, how I approach this is simply I'm the person I needed mm. right. 20 years ago. Yeah. So there's a big empathy going... piece to your work, isn't there? You, you get what's going on for the people who come to you. Oh, absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. I, I had a, um, a, an individual pay me the ultimate compliment, I thought. Um, we're discussing uh, an issue and we're going back and forth and back and forth and, and it's a good discussion. And he looks at me and he goes, you didn't learn this from a book, did you? <laughs> and yeah. he's right. Yeah. Yeah, I did. <laughs> okay. Do you have um, maybe some? Uh, would you be willing to share some uh, common strategies that uh, you use with uh, some clients who come to you? Uh, some tips. Um, what are the um, What are the most often um, used strategies that that you deploy with people you assist? You got any tips for, for people there? Maybe not necessarily who are struggling, but those who are, um, who are operating well but want to go. Okay, how do I how do I really hack my ADHD? Okay, so a couple of things here. So, like I said earlier, I think of what I do with my clients is building a bespoke engine. Mm -hmm. Okay, there's a and what I mean to suggest by that is there's a lot of parts to this. And all these different parts do slightly different things, but they all work together. Um, so a lot of times when I'm working with, with parents, because I work with children as well, is uh, um, I'll make a suggestion and I'll say, um, oh, we tried that strategy. It didn't work. Well, look, if you drop a strategy in here and a strategy in there, mm. okay, yeah, chances are it is going to fall over mm -hmm. because the uh, what the approach needs to be holistic okay um you know it's it there's a, a part of, of it that's about really shifting your attitude towards what do you expect mm. and how do you expect to go around about it um it's a shift in looking at strategies it's not like they either work or they don't work they are okay well part of this worked and what part didn't how do we tweak this mm. or maybe you're on a revolving you know, uh, schedule of strategies. Well, that worked for a week. What are we right. doing this week? <laughs> Which is typical ADHD, right? Making exactly. things, habit so, change is hard. Well, and that's where medication can be helpful. You know, taking medication is often um, a really helpful when mm. you're at a point in your life when you're like, I'm ready to change how I approach things. Okay, so um, there's a lot of pieces to this. They're layered and we get them integrated, mm. thus the engine. So yeah, tips and strategies, yeah, absolutely. Um, but they don't make up a whole engine that's going to actually get you moving along. Sure. Um, and, 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 you know, and there's just, yeah, a lot of pieces to this. But what I wanted to say, um, which I think is so wonderful about your approach to um, looking at the positives, um, 
the people who come to me are often a little discouraged. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. they kind of have gone a few rounds with trying to do things. It's just not working out. And um, I, at the very least, I like my, I, I want my clients to leave the first session feeling hopeful. Right. Yeah. Um, because what I say to them is, look, we don't want you to change. The world needs you as you are mm -hmm. because your uniqueness is needed. Right. We call it neurodiversity because, you know, it sounds like biodiversity. All right. We need all the pieces. We need all the ways of thinking. Mm hmm. Uh, the original thinking, the outside of the box thinking, the, you know, I mean, this like, uh, it's all needed. Yeah. But it's like having a superpower. We got to get that under control. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you know, and yeah. under the individual's control. So, um, and that's about managing, it's about tuning into you, your brain, your body. When am I feeling stressed? Mm -hmm. What do I tend to do when I'm feeling stressed? When am I not paying attention? And when, you know, what do I need? And it's about being able to help the people around us to understand mm. how to work with us. And I, I really do like and support the reference to, to a superpower. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's um, better, but there's a there's an ability to to do some things that most people can't, and, or in a way that most people can't. And I also like how you've added to that by saying we can overdo it, and it's not helpful um, because there's a there's a power in that. But also it means that sometimes that's overwhelming for everyone else around us, not just ourselves, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, and we can be hard work or. Or when we overdo things, people don't understand or they don't get it or they're not as quick as, as we are to get to that solution or that idea yes. and can't join the dots the way we have. And often, yep. um, certainly what I find is I may have an idea that joins up um, a number of things that other people can't see, but I can't explain that. And that's mm -hmm. one of my frustrations is I don't mm -hmm. know how I like it's just it's just a case of saying, just trust me, it will work. Um, <laughs> and that takes a leap of faith for a lot of people to go, I'm not sure, because I don't see how how this is how you're going to pull this off. Right. Um, and yeah. so it's that it's taking people along or working yeah. at slowing yeah. down and working at their speed as well, right. which is useful. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and a big part of what I do, again, is. Um, helping my clients to um, re sort of recover. I, a lot of what I do, I think of as being recovery, recovery yeah. from ADD. Um, <laughs> okay. um, be yeah, because again, you know, we're not going to cure it and we don't want to, no. but we want to recover our sense of self. We want to recover our self-esteem. We mm. want to recover our sense. Yeah. And, um, and come from this um, um, a point of confidence. A point of actually, I'm awesome. Yeah, always have been, always will be. Now we're working with brain. <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. Oh, this is yeah. beautiful. So do people come to you not thinking they're awesome, not having sense of confidence? Usually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's usually there's this sense that I'm somehow or another I'm I'm deficient or yeah. I'm not quite good enough. Wrong, or, broken. I mean, you know, you struggle, struggle, struggle. Right? Intentions, outcomes, not happening. Yeah, that's going to impact your self-esteem. Mm. And and as humans, we are going to look around and compare ourselves to others, and we are going to sort of make up this story about how everybody <laughs> can do this better than I can. Yeah. What's wrong with me? So yeah, it's going to affect you know your sense of self. Mm -hmm. So 
yeah, we, you know, key, key to this is restoring this idea, I'm awesome. And um, um, so I, I think of what I do also as um, a kind of an informal approach to what's called dialectical behavior therapy, which is a sort of an offshoot of cognitive behavior therapy. Mm-hmm. And the dialectical is that, is that separation between me and everything I am that makes me awesome, I'm my, my desire to do well, my moral compass, my, yeah. you know, my keenness to, to just be, a, a, you know, do these great things. And then there's brain over here. And we have this ability, we have as humans, we have this marvelous ability to witness what brain is doing. Mm. You know, and I talk about developing awareness. What is my brain occupied with? Uh, What am I doing with my body? Mm. Mm, I'm ping ponging around, not getting anything done. Okay. And what are my emotions and feelings? Yeah. And then once you sort of pause and check in and what's going on with me, oh, okay, I see what's happening here. Mm. Um, and, and that's that ability to witness yourself with a certain sense of I'm okay. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So there's a there's a reframing and there's a mindset that you need to take into. We need to take in into this in, in this inquiry, don't we? Because if we start from the I'm broken, I'm wrong, something's not right, there's something that I can't fix, um, getting getting past that is a whole lot of whole lot of work. But when you when you tip over that, literally the world's your oyster, right? There's there's so much potential in what what we can do, what we can harness. Um, yeah. If we stop the comparing, if we stop the worrying and the 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 ruminating on what's not going right, and focus on well, what do I do right? What does that look like? Exactly. Yeah. And. It- when you can come from a, um, that point of of a little bit more confidence, we, we've just re- released this huge burden. Um, and, and it's the burden of, you know, um, the worrying and the rumination, as you say, um, that is really, it's like a psychic load. Yeah. You know, you're carrying this like ball and chain around with you. I... When you could just set that down, mm-hmm. <laughs> just set that down, mm-hmm. you have a lot more capacity now to be creative and think of ways to get around it and, and things like that. And, and, and what you were saying before um, ties into this idea that when you can come from a position of actually I'm awesome, we're in a much better position now to actually be patient with ourselves mm, yeah. and also be patient with others. Mm. So it's, <laughs> it's like in, in, in my partnership, you know, I'm so grateful when my partner reminds me of things. Mm-hmm. But when he reminds me of things I hadn't forgotten, I have to be patient. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's quite real. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, one one final question uh, for you, Brett. Uh, and feel free to add to this if there's anything else um, you want to mention or um, have said. Uh, this the you know this is your opportunity. But often with ADHD there's a uh, we talk about our, our, our creative abilities um, our mm-hmm. abilities to um, hyper focus on the things that we're interested in and passionate in um, and a number of other things what, what do you think are the lesser known um, amazing qualities superpowers gifts talents traits um, of ADD and ADHD um, the lesser known ones um, just so we can get some more out there. You know, each in, each individual is so unique, and mm. and I've met 
so many people through my work and I not met one yet that didn't do something extraordinarily well. Mm. And um, when an individual can kind of I say, put down that baggage of, you know, trying to be other than the way they are and they focus on, okay, who I am and, and, and what makes me go, you know, what's, what, what gives me that dopamine? Yeah. You know, what, what really just lights me up. And, and you know, uh, if you think of the, you know, the unique standard shift, what for me is, is the gas, the petrol. <laughs> okay. And you get that out in front. Mm. Okay. Don't, you know, we get caught up and yes, but how much is that going to cost? And can I make money at it? And, you know, so those are, those things kind of take care of themselves. Yeah when we get that dopamine out in front mm-hmm. and when we do that and we and we follow our 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 passion basically whatever it is that makes us go that's when our genius emerges yeah, yeah. that's when our superpower emerges that's when we bring our strengths and a, a lot of people come to me you know looking at a career move or maybe they're not really in the right work for them and i would these people, I say, look, you know, what is it that you do so well or, or, mm-hmm. or that you don't have to go and look for a job that'll take you? You get yourself out in front of the person that has been waiting for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here I am. I've arrived. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and that. And, and I know that what I'm, I'm hinting at here is a really um, um, a quantum um, uh, shift in how business looks at staffing. Absolutely, um, and I think this is the um, this is the turning point. I think this is actually the impetus behind this podcast as well. Is so we're focused on um, the great things that uh, ADHD allows adults to do and in their profession now that is to say that there are a whole lot of barriers and how we um, how we manage how we construct and organize our workplaces is based on an approach to working and living and experiencing the world and the workplace uh, that those of us with ADHD don't necessarily experience right and so we're on the on the outers we're at the edges of of the bell curve and I totally agree that we do need to change our approach the interim step is how do we operate in ways that um, that work for us in a system that doesn't work for us. Um, and, Self-advocate. Yeah, well, absolutely. Self-advocate. And, and I think um, tying back to what you've just said, Brett, is if we... So to self-advocate, we also need to find the thing that we are passionate about so that work doesn't feel like work. So do the thing that's that's easy, that feels natural, if you've got the opportunity, right? And that doesn't necessarily need to be your occupation. It could be something uh, that you volunteer with or do in the community or or whatever it is, uh, maybe an evening class or, or something like that. But find the thing that lights you up and that um, that you're you're so interested in that you can't do without and see where that takes you. Yeah. There, there's an option. Exactly. And when it, and it, when it comes to work, and I, I, you know, I talk to my clients quite a bit about this, 
you know, the idea is that we're all supposed to be this sort of uh, Swiss army knife, yeah. you know, we're creative and we, you know, communicative and we, and we do our admin and mm. we do, you know, the, the paperwork or whatever. Um, and, and that's fine. That creates a certain kind of mm, workflow or whatever, mm. but we're not all built like that. No. And, and to be able to go in and say to your manager or your team member, or your boss, look, you know, we both want the same thing. We both want this um, project or whatever to go swimmingly well. Okay, here, here's the dilemma: is it, you know, as long as I also need to do this, this isn't going to happen. Yeah. Here's the help I need. If you can get Harry, who seems to just bleed this kind of thing, to do that bit, I'll, I'll run with this. I'll run with this. And here's the deal: you do this for me, and we will. You know what? We'll finish early, mm. and you you can only do that if you're coming from this from a place of a reasonable amount of self confidence and mm. self knowledge. Self knowledge, absolutely. Nowhere in there is I've got ADD. Mm. Nowhere in there, nothing in that was anything but valid and reasonable. Yeah, totally agree. That's wonderful. Not an issue. No, and it shouldn't be. Oh man, it shouldn't be. Doesn't um, need to be. Okay, Brett, where, where can, um, can viewers and listeners to this uh, find you? And what's the best way of contacting you? And what do you want them to contact you about? Well, if you're having difficulty making your intentions, match your outcomes. <laughs> there we go. And they and, find uh, you where? Um, well, there's my website, ADHDsorted.co.nz or .com? That's right. It's .com. Okay, very good. .com. Uh -huh. And there must be a link to an email or contact opportunity there. Is a, there is a um, submission page, I mm -hmm. believe is what it's called. Mm -hmm. And you, you contact me through that and I will get back to you as soon as I can. Very good. Brett Harrington, thank you so much for uh, taking time out of your morning. We've um, So at the time of recording this, we've just ticked over daylight savings time. So struggling um and I th do you think <laughs> actually very very quick question do you think um adhd is um are affected uh, more or less not at all by um the, the switch in daylight savings time is that a thing do you think look i you know i think the difference between those of us with add and everybody else is tiny mm. okay so if you, you know if your listeners could see me i'd be holding my fingers very close together okay however that little bit impacts everything yes okay that's gold. so if it impacts us it impacts everybody yeah mm -hmm. but for us it may just be a few degrees more intense mm. yeah perfect well i hope you have on a positive note a few degrees more intense day uh, Brett, it's been wonderful chatting with you. I really appreciate your time and your, your knowledge and expertise. And Thank you. Um, look forward to staying in touch. And I love that. we'll talk again soon. Excellent. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks so much. Well, there you have it. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the You, Me and ADHD podcast. Um, my hope is that it's been worth your time of some value, that it's been interesting or even enlightening, perhaps. Hey, if nothing else, I hope it's been entertaining. I really appreciate you showing up. You see, I really want to do some serious damage 
to the stigma and stereotype that ADHD is bad, uh, that it's wrong, and that those of us born with ADHD brains are somehow broken, because we're none of those things. And you can help with this too. If you were to uh, like, comment, or even share a link to uh, any one of these episodes or the entire podcast, uh, just to one person, I'll be a happy little ADHD camper. And I love camping. I do. So thanks for stopping by. Uh, I hope to see you soon. Uh, stay in touch. Get in touch in any way uh, you feel the need. And I look forward to chatting. Until then, peace, love, and heaps of impulsivity. Take care. Bye.